doing it. Doing it a weird day will throw me off. Yeah, no, the Monday's weird, but have to probably have to getting Chat GBT to do the show notes. I wonder who I should pick next. Uh, I did him this week. I did Chat GPT this week. It was uh, Donald Trump. Uh, No, it wasn't Donald Trump. It was um, drunk, maybe drunk Donald Trump, something like that. Okay. I should get uh, Barney from The Simpsons to write the show notes. That's a good one. Barney, um, Mo, Mo would be great too. He's beer related. Or or Duff Man. Yeah, Duff Man. Oh, choices, choices, choices. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's the Beer Engine Podcast yet again coming to you. I know that you guys don't care. It's just Thursday or Wednesday or whatever day we release this to you, Thursday. Um, But it's Monday. Uh, We're having Monday night record session uh so if we sound weird it's because it sounds like a monday um it's it's uh you know it's just monday's got that bad it's got that bad feeling tony it's got that i gotta go to work you yep. gotta you know wednesday's got the optimistic feeling we're almost done time to open a beer let's hang out you know we're wrapping up this this fucking shitty week this is just it's all sitting in front of us you know all the pain is staring us right in the face so i'm, I'm not i'm not in love with the monday record no, you're not even halfway to hump day, let alone on hump day itself. So, yeah, Monday, right. not a day you want to record. But on the plus side, Tony, I, the reason we had to do this because I got people coming into town uh, and we got to go to the Silver Stamp tomorrow and drink beers. So that's going to be go. cool. That's going to be cool. Um, Tony, uh, I know that you have been uh, just like directly involved in the big balloon uh, news, the big balloon controversy. Um, I heard, I saw you posting, shoot it down, shoot it down now, shoot it down. Um, Donald Trump would never let this happen. Shoot it down. And um, eventually they did shoot down the, um, the balloon, which was such a, you know, balloon. I just thought was such a quaint gift that the Chinese sent us, but unfortunately (laughs) we did, we did decide to shoot it down for some reason. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, that's that's the thing I find really um, interesting over the choice to shoot it down. Surely we want to shoot it down over land and give people an opportunity to scavenge a hunt and find these parts. Yeah. It's yeah, a free market thing to do. It's what Trump would that's, have done. He would have turned it into NFTs, even though they're real items. It's a- it's a scrapping event, too. We had to get out there with our, um, like, ripped-up pickup trunk truck and uh, get some metal, get some copper wire off of this yep. shit so that we can get some money out of it. I was really on um, the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene side of things, though. I, okay. I, like she was doing, she really tweeted this out. She was in, imploring people to go out with their guns and shoot them up in the air to try and shoot down the balloon. Yeah, that uh, that's right. Ended up being shot down when it was sixty thousand feet in the air. Now, I'm not a huge firearm guy, but I'm guessing, say an AR-15, or even a powerful hunting rifle. I don't think they've got enough gas in their chamber. Probably not the correct word. Enough 
firepower mm. in their bullet to reach a balloon. And I'm guessing that that bullet may provide a little bit of danger because I don't think it leaves the atmosphere. I think it ends up coming back to Earth. Oh, it does. Yeah, the, the balloon comes down and hits somebody in the head. Um, Not the balloon, the bullet, no. if you're shooting. Oh, the bullet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that comes down too and maybe hits somebody in the head too. Yep. Um, I do see a picture here of Carrie Lake. Uh, she she took the opportunity here to do a little photo shoot um, of herself looking into the sky with a gun of some kind uh, staring off into space, and she says, "I'm told there's a balloon that needs to be taken care of." Uh, she did not she did not take out the balloon, as it turns out. Uh, neither did Marjorie Taylor Greene or any of her uh, constituents. Um, you know, uh, there was a guy I did see, Tony. I didn't see. Um, who it was, but uh, somebody, some guy said the balloon came from, uh, hey, did this balloon come from Wuhan, China, and it's full of bio weapons. Uh, that was a good uh, uh, thing. Oh, yeah, here it is. This is uh, from the Daily Beast. I don't really like reading this, but that's fine. Is that oh, bio weapons in that Daily balloon? Did, did that balloon take off from Wuhan? Uh, and the person who said that was House Oversight Chairman James Comer. But not just some Wahoo. I mean, he is some Wahoo, but he's some Wahoo who has power in the government, or real yeah. real power. Yep. Um, so that's cool. Um, yeah, so it's uh, the balloon controversy was quite fun. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, the balloon is now down. We don't... We don't... Uh, this is very concerning. Comer breathlessly exclaimed, unless China is working with the Biden administration to help find some of those missing documents that are scattered all over the United States. And this is unacceptable and should not be allowed. Uh, actually, I don't quite think that sentence makes a, a tremendous amount of sense. So he's saying that this shouldn't be allowed unless China is helping find some of the missing documents that are scattered all over the United States. I don't. Yeah. But and then it's OK. Yes, and we're yeah. cool with it. Actually, yeah, interesting. I don't, I don't quite, I don't quite read that one. Well, because China, of course, is the US's biggest ally, and they're giving mm-hmm. us a helping hand. They're saving out your military budget rather than the US is, military. Yeah. Like you may not see the information for a hundred odd years. They take photographs of the of the documents. We now know what are in the documents. We may not see that for until the documents. Yeah. Uh, the documents. Game. I love the documents. Um, but yeah, you're so right. You go, balloon. It, is, it is a quaint if thing. We ever, yeah. The balloon. It is a quaint thing. And if, if we find out that the balloon just has a barometer in it or something, we'll never know. Like if they actually shoot it down. I, I mean, I, not, I doubt this is it's true. I'm sure it had some fucking shit yeah. in it. But if, it's not, but if it did, just have like some weather doodads. First but, of all, that'd be hilarious. And second of all, uh, we would never find out anyways. So who but, knows? It's a win-win for the U.S. government, even if it is a barometer. It's a great, it's the best ad you can have for your military service. There was no way they could have missed this fucking balloon, so it was always going to be shot down. So your military look great and amazing. And it's, they get rid of something that China have said, yes, it came from us. They've said it's it was a private balloon or it was a weather balloon that strayed, but for some reason, sure. it was straying over military bases, which was kind of weird. I think the simplest explanation is probably was a spy balloon, but 
Yeah. Just like like Russia, China throw a lot of people at their military in certain aspects, and this is this is like a brute force. Like rather than use satellite imagery, they the balloon thing, I think, thing. is going to be huge on Alex Jones. I think it's going to take oh, yeah. some time for Alex to develop a narrative. He's going to wait for his callers to call in to give him ideas. He's going to contradict himself within the first first couple of calls until he he finds a narrative that he can really glue onto, and then he'll he'll go forward and and it'll become something really strong. Yeah, what what you're getting there is two military powers. Both are fucking incompetent. China can't fly their fucking balloon and not not get it shot down. And the US, talk about overkill, probably the only option really, but to use a jet that powerful to to shoot down a, a wet, glorified weather balloon. Weather um, balloon, yeah. It's kind of dumb. It's like the, when they were, uh, they were flying the, um, the jets to take down groundskeeper Willie. Yeah, <laughs> soaring right past him, or, or the or or the or the Harrier jet to take down the Orville, Orville and uh, the uh, white. Or, no, that's or, not the peanut, not the popcorn guy. The Wright brothers playing on the Simpsons. <laughs> so not the popcorn fella. I don't think he was flying. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be something about that, and I think there's going to be something about the train explosion. Uh, Tony, the train explosion was a fascinating thing today. I don't really know anything about it except. Uh, it was a train that derailed that was carrying a bunch of vinyl chloride, which is yep. apparently a, a chemical you don't want to be interacting with uh, in its un, in its yeah. you know less stable state. Here, um, it does make things. Uh, I thought this Lots was funny. Things. It makes like P, I mean, it makes PVC, PVC pipe. Uh, it makes plastic flatware. You know, you get like your fork for your go to a picnic. Um, and the explosion that they had to do to controlled burn it, try to quote unquote controlled burn it. Looked so insane that I was like, "This cannot have been the plan to do this." It's totally <laughs> nuts that the plan was to have this big fucking like opening up of hell over this town of, of just black ass smoke for hours and hours that they had to evacuate the whole town. So there will definitely be an Alex Jones things about that. My my complaint about that, Tony. I just want this out there. I know that vinyl chloride makes a lot of stuff we use. I get it, but the fact that we have entered into a into a risk contract. Um, where if I want to go to a picnic and use a plastic fork on my potato salad, the, the the deal I have to make in exchange for this is that a bunch of harmful chemicals have to go through my town on a bunch of fucking old-ass train tracks. Well, It's just a very funny risk-reward uh, consideration to uh, to think about uh, using a, a, a fork. I don't, I don't know. You know, I know there's other shit it's making. but Yeah, but my two points are this. Don't live near a railway line and don't live in a city that manufactures plastic. Simple. Put it in somebody else's backyard. Great point. You're right. And and we're doing a great job of that. So, I, you know, thank you to the people of of uh, mostly Southeast Asia, I think, actually, who are, uh, who are <laughs> taking on our risk for us. Yeah. And that was sort of like the amount of toxic and dangerous chemicals that get transported at any time for whatever reason, whether it be medical waste or manufacturing or industrial, that gets transported all the time through our areas of traffic. It would shock people if we actually sat down and thought about it. And there's nothing that we could consume in the world Mm -hmm. that we could do without risk. And 
this is why you can't have a free market society, a, a purely free market society, because stuff like this will happen less because there's going to be a tiny bit of government oversight. But if you um, you get rid of all that stuff, um, it becomes yeah. a shit show and a free for all. Um, but one thing I I did think of is if you look at the name of the town, um, East Palestine. Yeah, I really that is interesting, huh? Well, it is interesting only from the point that we're looking at it from the conspiracy story mm-hmm. development side of things. That's right. really the only um, – because there's plenty of like – No, it's not interesting in any real way. It's just a yeah. town. Yeah, it's just a um, town. But Rust Belt Town where a bunch of fucking railroad tracks go through. You know, yeah. That's about it. Yep. And I do feel sorry for the people that live there. But, hey, they got unlucky. Shit happens. Sorry for your well, luck. What, what's uh, – a Sorry for your luck, baby. Yeah, but what? Um, yeah, but what's going to happen is there is going to be some. I, I don't know. There might be a, a biblical thing. There's a bunch of biblical towns in this area here. Um, uh, you're not you're not far from like Salem and uh, ooh, some witch burning. Uh, exactly. Some you got a, you got a few other ones snuck in here too. So I um. You know, I think there. I think there's some good opportunity here. So let's let's follow for the next week. See if we get any yeah. good shit. But now you said Alex Jones has been up to up to some some more more excitement this week. We missed him. We haven't talked about him in a few weeks. So what's what's Alex been getting into? Well, it's not so much Alex, but his text messages have been released, and hmm. um, one of the major news organisations actually did a piece on them. The The guys from Knowledge Fight, one of them was involved for a short period of time. He wasn't happy with how the sexual parts of Alex's um, texts were handled. Um, and mm. I tend to agree that there was there were some things Alex said um, that were probably taken out of context um, that looked <laughs> juicy in a an article to make him look like he's actually bisexual. But what it did demonstrate is that both he and his wife are abusive to one another and he mm. is in a toxic marriage and that is perhaps the best news we could have had, really. Um, the okay. amount of um, back and forth that went both ways, being mentally abusive to one another is kind of amazing and it really shows what a shitty person Alex is in his private life and doesn't live his life in any kind of biblical manner that he sort of demonstrates on the show. It's a great unmasking. It won't unmask him to any of his fans because they're all like 80 and don't know how to use the internet, (laughs) even though that's his main method of making money. But it may, again... It's a death by a thousand cuts. This exposes right. him to anybody that's that's on the edge, on the fringe. He becomes a clown and they, they move over to a Ben Shapiro or a Stephen Crowder or a Matt Walsh. Or and, worse. And I think they're worse in some ways because they are more competent, but they aren't as far right as Alex and as deranged as Alex and as likely to pull a Bill Cooper as Alex is at some point. Don't even know whether you know who Bill Cooper is, but Bill Cooper is... All right, well, who's that? ...is Alex Jones before Alex Jones existed. And um, it wouldn't... Well, I don't think Alex has got the courage to go out like Bill Cooper. Because sure. um, Bill Cooper was a radio guy that Alex looked up to, but Bill Cooper hated Alex. And at the end, Bill went a little mad... 
got involved in a police shootout and... Uh, I do, I'm seeing this, yes. <laughs> yeah, ended up getting himself killed. He was he was kind of like the more harm, harmful version of like a George Norrie, like coast to coast. Sure, AM, yeah. But kind of yeah. harmful in the same way Alex it feels was. like something that Rando was definitely uh, into. Yes, yep. <laughs> you got, got to go 100% chance that Rando had spent time with this guy. Um, if these guys weren't so so harmful, you could think they were a Phil Hendry character. But, mm. uh, <laughs> these yeah, guys. Speaking of Rando, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah. Well, there you go. That's what Alex is up to. Yeah, never, um, never mentioned it on his show. Shock that. Uh, oh, who would have thought? That's weird. He's not really. Uh, you know, he's he's. Um, I think the personal life he portrays on his show is really one that's not even close to existing, I would say. That's right. He makes up all up. these yeah. stories. Like his wife's yeah. tennis instructor is dialed into the NSA, I'll tell you that much. That tennis instructor <laughs> knows a heap. That's outstanding. I love it. <laughs> um, all right, Tony. Uh, we got one more right-wing lunatic to talk about. Uh, he's... He's getting shipped off from Brooklyn, and he's headed to Dallas. Um, you know, maybe he'll fit in a little better in Texas. There's at least some more probably true believers down there, down there with him. But Kyrie Irving's off to off to Dallas. Now, Tony, you're the NBA um, expert of the show. Give us a breakdown. How much better is this going to make uh, the Dallas Mavericks and Luca and all those guys? I don't think it makes them any better. I think you've you haven't traded away a whole bunch of assets. Let me make that clear. I don't think this is, oh, Brooklyn won the trade kind of deal. It's just I don't think anybody wins when you put Kyrie on your roster. Right. He, he is a ball-dominant player. Funny, Dallas have got a ball-dominant player that happens to be, I think personally, the best ball-dominant player right now in the NBA. He's got great handles. That's Dallas yeah, have a guy, a guy with great handles. Um, yeah, he's about eight inches taller than him too. Yeah, uh, he knows how to Kyrie. He knows how to use his weight. He doesn't have a lot of it, but pound for pound, he's pretty good. Dallas have also got a bloke who's eight inches taller, another fifty or sixty pounds heavier, or probably more, but also knows how to use his weight. Uh, quick first step, um, can get out of trouble with amazing passes. Dallas have already got this in a guy called Luca Doncic who doesn't okay. cause any dramas off the court and you're putting another guy that almost has the identical skill set and then you're just going to try and outscore people, okay, you're going to have 48 minutes of that when Kyrie's on the court and um, Luca's resting and when Kyrie's resting, Luca can play. So you get 48 continuous minutes. But I don't think this makes Dallas a great team. The one thing I will say for Brooklyn, they didn't get a great haul of, of players or picks. They got a 2029 pick, which I think is better than a 2027 pick, which was their first available off Dallas. Um, I think Dallas could be a shit show by then. And I think but getting um, two guys on contracts and one of those being Spencer Dinwiddie, I think is about as much as you could have hoped for. Does it make Brooklyn better? No. Are they fundamentally any worse Yes, but that's only if Kyrie was playing every game and you never know when he's going to mm. take off for 20 games or 30 games or a season. For, you just don't know when he's going to do it. 
for whatever reason. Now, and, I've given my you can come up with. soliloquy on this. You also follow the NBA a bit. What do you think about it? Do you think either team's won the trade? Do you think this has shifted the championship picture at all? I think the the only reason I can come up with with this for Dallas is that they had all right, this is desperate Dallas desperation move. Um, yep. I, I don't know to I don't I don't really know what Luca's contract situation is right here. Um, you know I don't know I haven't heard anything about him like threatening to leave Dallas or anything like that. But um, it feels like they they feel like they are fluttering away. Um, prime years of the best player, maybe the best player in the league right now. Yep. If not one of the best three. Um, and they're like, well, we need to get another star on this team because we just don't have enough star power. Um, which frankly is probably not the reason that they're not winning. Um, no. they, you know, one reason they might not be winning is that they're playing JaVale McGee. Um, yes. Sometimes, you know, JaVale McGee's on their team. Frank Nilakina's on their team. Uh, Frankie Smokes. You know, they, I, it's, that's right. They have, um, you know, God, Tim Hardaway is is playing for them. You know, Tim Hardaway is probably today with without without um, Luca on the court. He's like, I mean, Josh Green, I guess, but yeah. um, the most forgettable. And Josh Green strains. are probably their best their best scorers on the team today. You know, because Luca's hurt. Yeah. So there's a lot of. Problems with the with the team, so I don't I don't know if Kyrie does Kyrie paper over, you know, having to play McKinley right the fourth. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean I I guess it does, you know, but yep. is that their number one issue? I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to believe. But um, that said, you know, maybe maybe that's it. You know, maybe that it's just like they cannot get enough scoring out of their second unit. So they put on a guy who can, I mean, he's not going to play on a second unit, but they can spell each other, you know, yep. and, and have another another good offensive, have at least one good offensive player on the court at all times, and then they can play together in crunch time. Maybe. I don't know. I don't see it. I don't think that makes him a title contender or anything. Does it, win them, does, does it help them get through round one? That's definitely Maybe. a possibility, you know. But... Um, has Kyrie, I don't think it changes their trajectory that much. Has Kyrie ever come up big individually in a playoff series? Now, I know... No, just, that one, just that one time. Yeah, just that one time. And that's, that's really all it is because you look at the other Cleveland playoff um, experience and that, that was done off the back of Delhi for fuck's sake. LeBron made Delhi look good and Delhi is not a good basketball player. Love the guy. What? What should help them, you know what? I'll, you know what? I'll give him if they with this move, they should be able to avoid the play-in. How about that? I, okay. I I suspect they can avoid the play-in. They're number six right now, but they're essentially tied with Minnesota. Um, I think that this could keep them up. You know, they won't. Uh, and not to mention with Golden State falling back. Yeah. You know, it, they probably would have anyways, but this should guarantee it. Can they pass Phoenix? Maybe, sure, you know. Maybe, but um, you want to come if in If they there. get into a – who would they get into a playoff series here? The Clippers, you know, if it were today? So um, you, I think they may sure, drop. They could beat the Clippers in a first-round series, but yeah, – Because you got to remember how far the Timberwolves are coming from. 
they're coming from a long way back. They started the season off terribly. They were they were they were quite bad. Yeah. And so I mean, they could, but you know, th- this end of the year, I don't know what their schedule looks like, but if they can just make sure they aren't losing the really stupid games, you know. Um, now that said, they they lost a pretty stupid one the other night uh, to to the Warriors. So, yeah, <laughs> there's that. Um, and Spencer Dinwiddie was their top scorer in that game because Luke has been hurt. Yep. So, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not an expert in Mavericks basketball. I do love watching Luca, so we'll see how much this makes that more painful. It might it, make it worse. It is kind of um, make that, it worse. That, yeah, that'll be that'll be my least favorite part of it because watching him is. I, I enjoyed so much watching him play for his national team for Serbia, right? Yep. And um, he was the only player of any capability whatsoever but he pretty much just was playing one on five <laughs> the whole game and it was so incredible i'm like this guy is fucking amazing i cannot stop watching this yep but now you know it's gonna be your turn my some your turn my turn shit and yep. it's gonna be you know it's gonna have that i wonder if they're not gonna have some of that houston vibe about them the houston harden houston um what about some brooklyn vibe about, vibe it, about but, it some I, I mean, yeah, KD Irving vibe. At least Luca's Luca's more fun than I don't know. KD's pretty fun too, but <laughs> there's at least like the creation aspect that I really like with with Luca. Yeah, but I get you. you know, he's still just going to be getting in the lane and then passing it to Tim Hardaway, and it bonks off Tim Hardaway's nose, and then you know it goes out of bounds. Well, Whatever. next question involving the NBA: What about them Bulls? How are they doing? Setting the world alight? Bulls are still just. Bulls are just, they're about to be 500. They will be 500 after this game that they're winning. Oh, they won. It's over. Um, does that get them to 500 or does that get them one? I think it okay, does. They're get still them one below, actually. Oh, okay. oh, does it? I don't know. Um, I don't know whether the standings are updated live or they hold off until they're the just, round's finished. They're just hovering. They're just hovering around there. Um, they're going to be in the play The play in. I don't, I don't see the Bulls getting to Miami. Um, that's that. I mean, I you just can't string anything together. So okay, they've won three in a row now. Uh, that's fine. Um, but they were against who? Uh, three of the worst teams: Charlotte, yes, uh, Portland, and yep, um, San Antonio. So uh, San Antonio, uh, the worst, aren't they at the moment? And the very worst team. So they've they've won four of five, but that only means you work in playing Orlando. So, uh, they've they've beaten four of the worst teams in the league, so that is awesome. Nice job. Uh, and and the worst part of this is that they will they are definitely the type of organization that will use that four of five streak to say, "No, we don't need to blow it up. <laughs> Look at us, we're putting it together. We've won four of five. You know, we're right back in it." Because um, they're fucking stupid. So my expectation is they will continue continue sort of like middling um, or not get. I mean, this is it for Lonzo. I mean, I think it's I think it's just done. Yep. Um, that that just is bad luck. Yeah, bad luck. We needed really the Bulls needed really good luck and they didn't get it. So uh, <laughs> they they got bad luck instead, and now they've got two sort of. You know, scores really very little creation aspect on the team. They have a couple promising young players, uh, but really not not guys who are like going to become superstars or anything. Yep. So 
it's time to, you know, do something, you know, get, get out of that. Don't let yourself mire in this for years. Well, can but I make a suggestion? I think they're, they're just going to do that. Yeah. You know? Get aboard a train, fill it with uh, vinyl chloride. Vinyl chloride. <laughs> and blow that Put shit it outside up. of the United, United Center. Oh. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Put the big, get a big cloud of smoke. Yep. Right around um, Nikola Vucevic, aka Vinyl Chloride. Um, <laughs> I like that. That would be a good wrestling name. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to move on. But and, I, I'm sorry yeah. I um, pushed you away from Texas because we were talking about Dallas. I'm not sure whether you're going to Dallas, but apparently you are mm-hmm. going to Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to Austin this weekend. Oh, you can call um, so and see your two buddies, Joe and Alex. Oh, Joe and Alex. Yeah, that's right. They're all there. Um, They're they, so, if you guys have any any favorites in Austin, feel free to put them in the Discord. Um, yeah, good call. It's uh, yeah. Our, if you want to join our Discord, you can do that. Hop on uh, our website. There's a link there, or you can just drop us a note, email, Instagram, one of those. We'll get you the link. Now, Tony, I did want to talk. My, the thing I want to talk about with Texas is that I'm going to be there during the Super Bowl. Got a handful of friends that are going to be going to be with us. We got an Airbnb, a little house there. Yep. And uh, we had to figure out what we should eat during the Super Bowl. I thought there was no other answer but barbecue. Uh, at, from you know Austin, Austin, great barbecue city, Hill True. Country barbecue. So, um, Tony, I ordered from a place called La Barbecue. Um, that's like, it's, it's not Franklin barbecue, but it's like the next one that people wait in line for. So they oh, only okay. have a one to, they only have a one to two hour line. Um, not the six hour line like, uh, Franklin. So <laughs> yeah, Frank- you know, I just have to, I didn't Frank- want to wait that long. for barbecue. Franklin's as good. And I like Aaron Franklin. I think he's a great dude, but yeah. the hype that surrounds that you, that, that place is just ridiculous for as simple as everything he treats the meat. He treats it with the utmost respect, doesn't throw a whole bunch of techniques or ingredients at it. Um, but, yeah, people just sort of go nuts. Six hours is ridiculous. Tony, let's talk about my order. I got six people here. You can tell me. I think I got enough barbecue um, because they, they say about, you know, you're, you're even if you're really hungry, a half pound per person is yeah, plenty. two pounds per person. Um, oh. Two pounds per person. Yeah, I don't know. I got, I got, I'm going sliced, regular type brisket. It's Texas. Had to yep. get a pound of that. I went with a pound of the pulled pork. I know that's not a Texas thing necessarily, but I bet it's really good. Yeah. And I threw in a pound of, and I've, I've liked it. I know we're not big turkey fans here, but the last like three times I've had smoked turkey, it's been amazing. So I went with a little bit of the turkey as well. You had a great um, order up until the turkey. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I know. Even, I, even on, a barbecue smoker, I think chicken is a better option than turkey. Now, maybe they I tend talk- to agree, but I'm curious. <laughs> okay. I, you know what's good on a fucking smoker is the, they don't have them at this place, is chicken wings. Yep. I will eat your smoked and fried chicken wings forever. I love the fucking things. They're amazing. Um, now, who are we supporting yes. in the Super Bowl, personally, your group of friends? Has everybody picked the um, same probably, side? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm I have no real preference other than I know people from Kansas City, so I guess I 
that's fine. But if I bet the other way, I don't know what I'm going to bet. So if I just bet on the other team, I'll bet on Philadelphia. I don't care. You know, whatever. If that's the right move to make. What's your betting move for this thing? Oh, no idea on my betting move, but I do know who I'm supporting because, you know, I'm a big St. Kilda guy. St. Kilda Saints and my Aussie Rules team. And the punter from one of these sides is is an ex-St. Kilda player. Dustin Dustin Colquitt? Nope. Oh. Aaron Sipos, the punter for oh, the he? Philadelphia Eagles. For the Phillies? Yep. Don't the, don't the, don't the Chiefs have an Aust- Australian feller yeah. kicking punts for them too? I, I do think it's a, a battle of Aussies in the um, in the Super Bowl. And I don't think this is the first time it's happened, actually. But Sipper actually played many games for, um, well, not many games for St Kilda. I'll check out his Wikipedia. But, um, yeah, he, he played professional Aussie rules um, for St Kilda. Uh, All right. 20, well, Tony, I just 28 wanna, games yeah. he played for St Kilda. Wow. I'm going to throw in, Tony, that I did get two – I got the hot links too. So just, uh, just so I can re- – I'm just redeeming myself. I got the jalapeno hot link and the regular hot links. Now, so just other hot patting link. myself on the back for that. Are the hot links the most underrated barbecue staple out there? I know everybody goes nuts for the mac and cheese or the slaw. Like, outside of your major staples, I know it's not a side dish, so it's it's separate to mac and cheese and slaw if you want to break yeah, yeah. it down that way. But to me, it's the most underrated part of a barbecue that can... Really I love them. Break yeah, them. I love I love the I love the barbecue hot links, especially in Texas because Texas has that sort of in Austin in particular have that uh, sort of history with like the German uh, heritage that created barbecue as a thing there. So the the sausages are especially good, I find um, from those places down there that I've been to. Um, so yeah, totally agree. I love I love a smoked hot sausage. Um, I can't wait to get into that. Probably not so much. She'll she'll probably she'll probably let me, let me get into that on my own. But plus, you got to get a bunch of the pickles. I got a bunch of the pickles. Uh, I went. I only went potato salad and black beans for the side. The reason I didn't get mac and cheese, Tony, is because it doesn't travel good. So no, I, I got to pick you. this up and bring it home. So I just don't feel like it travels good. No, I I, I, just I, I think you made a really good call. And again, it's like with um, Nashville hot chicken. And things like that. You really need a good pickle to go with that stuff. You need pickles, yeah. To freshen up your palate. Pickled onions. Yep. You get the pickled onions, the house-made pickles, and then you get the pickled jalapenos too. So those are that's the things I need. All right, Tony. That's my that's my plan here. Uh, I'm going to go to Texas. I'm going to eat a bunch of barbecue. Maybe some Tex-Mex food. I'm going to drink a bunch of Live Oak lagers. So next week's lager of the week is already... It's a, it's live oak pills, so just get yourself ready for that, and um, uh, it's gonna be a good time. So, in the meantime, that while we wait for all that fun to to get here, why don't we go see what fun our uh, our listeners are having over in the uh, Discord there? All right, um, so uh, some some great posting going on here. Uh, of course, Griff's drunk drunk uncle has been has gotten another sighting. Uh, <laughs> he found he posted this bit the German spy balloon, which is just a big blimp shaped like a mug. Funny, uh, hell, and a guy with a love beer license plate. How about it? Um, I mean, 
I feel like you're just asking to get pulled over if you have a license plate that says love beer, right? I, I just yep. think you're like putting my, uh, yeah, my uh, license plate is not drunk. <laughs> it's perfect. Yep. Um, Nick Torque was, oh, uh, actually, let's keep going back here. Um, how far, how far can we go here? Uh, yeah, ways uh, back. was a week ago. Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, Tony, we didn't talk about the chili cheese beer. Let's talk about the chili cheese beer. <laughs> Let's talk about the chili cheese beer. So I, I had the chili cheese beer. I posted that in our Discord. You guys could have enjoyed the um, the, the chili cheese beer uh, if you were in our Discord. And like I said, I'm glad to add you. Just give us a shout. Um, Tony, the chili cheese beer I found to be a well-made corn lager. Um on its own, uh, if you could try to remove the spice flavor from it. Uh, the cheese, I didn't get a ton of, like, a cheesy flavor. I think that's too, maybe too delicate to come across. Yep. Um, the corn was huge. It, it tasted like it, it was good. I mean, if you like the taste of, of corn chips, uh, definitely had that flavor. And then there's the chili spice. And the chili spice was so on the nose for Hormel chili, for canned Hormel chili, <laughs> that it was very disturbing. And and I, I found it unpleasant, not undrinkable. I drank my little cup's worth, um, did not have any, any trouble um, getting it down or anything. I wasn't going to throw up. Uh, I did have a buddy who took a first whiff of it and, and did gag a little bit. Um, but it, it just so exactly the smell of, of canned chili which honestly, when I was a kid, as mixed into like a chili cheese dip, I never cared. But right now, every time I look at that stuff, it just looks like dog food. So I, I really, you can't be eating that. No, you can't. But if you like, if 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 you're into Hormel chili, I gotta say, to Modest's credit, I think they made the beer they were asked to make, and they did a great job. They made they made exactly the beer they went out to make. So to their credit, they're clearly very skilled. Uh, it was so much, I mean, somebody, somebody mentioned Mamma Mia pizza beer. This is not even, it's, it's a whole other league than the Mamma Mia pizza beer. This is so much, this is so many light years better than the Mamma Mia pizza beer. Even if it's a flavor you, you find a version to, um, it's, it's the Mamma Mia pizza beer was such a disaster <laughs> of epic proportions and it was made over and over again. It's just a miracle that that happened, but um, this, this was, this was whatever, you know, and, and some people might be into it. You might find this interesting. It's very savory. You know, if you can, if you can, ex if you're fine with experiencing that, that's fine. But, um, I would say it's not for me. So I'll, that's a beer I'm going to be burning in bottle shares and taking out for gimmicks. So, that's, so that's fine. that should be fairly easy to get rid of, shouldn't it? At bottle shares, there'll be enough takers on that. That'll people that'll like the, the gimmick of it. Thing. I think so. Yep. Really not, really not a, not an issue um but yeah i do have three more of them so i'm gonna have to figure out what to do with them um at least our friend brian seemed interested so i'll, I'll make sure i get him one shouldn't be a problem we'll make sure he gets to sample take down the chili cheese beer yep. yeah um i would love to hear his wife's critique on that because she's known for not having strong opinions about anything she, you know, and she, but she likes beer more than Brian does. She's, I know. she's more of a beer drinker. I'll say that. Yes, I, I, I know that for sure. But if it's as, 
It sounds like it was a train wreck. As much as you tried to sugarcoat it, it did sound like it was a bit of a train wreck. Um, I, I don't think she reacts well to train wrecks. Yeah, I think I think to her it will be a train wreck. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a train wreck. I'd say it was a, um, it was an ugly train that stayed on the tracks. Every it okay. did everything it's supposed to do. It just looks awful. You yeah, know? it was and, filled with uh, vinyl chloride, but it didn't derail. Yeah. It stayed on the track. It didn't. Yeah, we just drank it. Yeah, that was, it was so. What, you know, that's fine. Um, Max Allotment. Uh, was out drinking black IPA, a style that he says seems to be coming back into vogue, at least around these parts. This one's called Multicolored Mirrors from Kane. That's a very popular brewery these days. Starts with a bit of caramel and chocolate rather than the usual roasty licorice bombs. Uh, seems to be that uh, Max liked this. Now, I haven't, there has been a renaissance of black IPA. Um, I believe I saw Wookie Jack was being made again. Really? Um, Wonder how that holds which up. Which is probably my my favorite iteration of it. Um, the original, I believe. I mean, I don't know if it's the original or not, but the first one I ever saw was the because they used to call it the Escandidian Black okay. IPA. Is the Stone, you know, sublimely self righteous? Yep. Uh, which I've uh, I've seen back around and about again. So so maybe maybe Max is right. This stuff might be coming around. Uh, Max, uh, I'm just saying this right now. The game I have planned today is going to make Max very angry. So I just want that. I'm very excited to get to the game because I think Max is going to be like screaming at his uh, car radio or headphones or wherever he listens to this thing. So, um, oh, Grammar Purist did did jump on and point out the, that maybe the beer could be used, the uh, chili cheese beer could be used to cook brats. I actually think that's a good idea. Um, I usually put a beer in my chili, anyways. I, I usually deglaze. Um, with yep. a, with a, I just dump a, a, I mean, I usually have a bunch of trash beer on the house, uh, cause people <laughs> leave it here. So I had some Bud Lights last one. I just poured a Bud Light in there. It's fine. Yep. But I could use this, you know, I don't know if I would be able to taste it, but it, you know, it would work fine. Now I've, I've done the beer and brat thing. I've, I've never really thought that it added a lot of flavor. Got to be honest. I think for deglazing, I think that's a, a fine use. And I think it's enjoyable while you're cooking having yeah. that sort of cloud of beer juice waft over you, even if it is just Bud Light. But, yeah, I've done the beer and brat things, never really floated my boat. you got to remember, you remember though, the grammar purist has an amazing palate and, and is, uh, if you if you recall, he got extremely angry at us because I said I couldn't taste the different woods <laughs> in, um, in barbecue. So he was like, you fucking idiot. What, do you have a baby palate? I'm like, yes. Yes, we admit I this. I do. Yep. Yeah, baby palette, big time. Um, all right, so Max sent this beer list uh, in in um, over to us, and uh, I would say this was maybe one of the best beer lists I've I've seen anyone have on um, our sh- our Discord. He's at a place called the Grand Del- Delancey, um, which is, I'm guessing is in New York City because I do believe I saw he was at the. Um, in there, uh, yeah, it is. So this is in. So I'm gonna have to check this place out. Cause I'm gonna be in New York City. Yep. Um, coming up here in April. But he got some Hot Butcher Tavern cut. I'm not gonna go through this whole beer list because there's <laughs> no. like a thousand beers, obviously. But there are a tremendous amount of good beers, and I did notice um, right away. I, I I jumped right to the section with lager and saw the uh suarez 
family alt beer, and I'm like, yes, I want that. But uh, Max went with Tavern Cut from Hot Butcher. That's that's cool. The Hot Butcher is coming out there. Um, I was just like, you know, it kind of speaks to the beer that's available to you because of course Hot Butcher Tavern Cut would obviously be like the just the last thing I would get. Because they'd be like, <laughs> fuck that, I didn't drink that. But um, I get that. You know, it's hard to get. Uh, yep. probably uh, out there. So I hope, hopefully, Max, you enjoyed that. I, I tend to see think some of that Hot Butcher stuff reads a little sweet, but I actually think Tavern Cut's probably my favorite one. It's got a little more, a little more edge to it uh, comparatively to some of the some of the other ones. So pretty cool. Um, oh, and then Max did get a Suarez, got some uh, a Suarez Porter. Nice job, Max. Very cool. Um, oh, I was looking at the wrong the, uh, yeah. beer list. I, w- I was on the next picture down looking at the. Uh, when you were talking about the tavern cut, I'm thinking that's really dark for a for a hazy beer from Hot Book Butcher. Oh no! If you go up, yeah, no, yeah. The, the hazy's up there. Yeah. Um. Oh, I posted this on our Instagram too, guys. But I did go to a share Saturday um, where a lot of Cantillon got opened, <laughs> uh, including the uh, stuff I have never gotten to have before. I've had Creek Lambic Bio before. You know, it's wonderful. I never had the lazy lambic. That's the Loric. Um, Nick, feel free to tell me how bad I pronounced that. Terribly. Um, yep, yeah, not even close. Uh, there was Lou Pepe Creek 16 and 17 got opened, which was awesome. Had a, like a little mini vertical. Magic lambic. I've never had magic lambic. That was awesome to get. Um, then we had opened, obviously, a shitload of stout. And Tony, I just wanted to make you jealous because we did open a beer barrel time. Um, and uh, I also opened the the TWCP for TWCP, the wine and cheese pro, um, place, a beer that that they brewed specifically for them, which was a big big barrel aged stout too. So we drank some barrel aged side project. What did you think of the barrel? Which was sweet. Yes, it is very sweet. Oh, what I think of BBT? Yeah. Oh, it is sweet. No, it, no. I mean, but also it was just cool. I loved it. I mean, obviously those beers are amazing. Um, I did like this Evil Twin. I took a picture picture of too here. It was like the Great Northern Batch 32 or something, which was uh, 26, aged in 26-year-old um, Elijah Craig barrels for like, a, what, 37 months uh, yep. with coconut and cacao nibs and cinnamon. That was delicious. That was an awesome stout. Uh, I definitely did not take pictures of everything because uh, it would have made me look really bad. There was a, an insane amount of beer got opened. I didn't get to most of it, frankly. I was just like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Like the table was just full of of, of beers. It was insane. But yep. I had to focus my energy on the lambics uh, that I that I couldn't get my hands on. And those were those were all wonderful. Um. All right, Nick Torque was out uh, at thirty eight oh six Brewing in Berwick. He's up to one hundred and two, hundred and Yep. Out of 135 breweries. So what's this? 3806 in Berwick. Very ordinary. Uh, did not seem to be a big fan of that. So Can we'll you just, say that we'll uh, town name again? Ber- Berwick? Berwick. This is an Australian. Berwick? Berwick. Berwick. Yep. Berwick. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Um, I, I just said it like it was in Connecticut instead of... Uh, actually, it might be Berwick there, too. Um, <laughs> then we got... Uh, the Colonial IPA and the Kolsch at CB Co. Yeah, CBC Cor- or whatever you want to call CBC. it. They used to uh, be in- Colonial. Uh, oh, that's right. You're not supposed to say that. Yep. 
I can say they that. They got the IPA. Some, wasn't there some reason they changed it? Yeah, they, not, yeah. they didn't want, yeah. So they had um, yeah, the Kolsch and the Colonial IPA. I love the glassware. Their glasses are on awesome. point. They're the same that they use in WA. I fucking love. They're, they're a true uh, stain, or Nick's probably killing me for the pronunciation of that, the, the Kolsch glass, and um, they're great to drink out of. I'm really a fan of so, the Kolsch, if I've never mentioned it. Uh, and then we've got his 104th one here, West Side Ale Works in South Melbourne, right next to the infamous Montague Street Bridge. Don't know. Oh, what that means. The, the Rise and Shine Oatmeal Stout, and he had they have guest beers from Blue Owl Alesmith. Jesus. He's had Schlenkerla and a fridge full of Dre Fontaine as well. That's awesome. Uh, this beer list looks good. The Oatmeal Rice Stout does sound really good. Yep. Um, I'm also liking this. Uh, it looks like they have a steam ale. All right, interesting. They have an XPA. Everybody's got an XPA. Uh, yeah, they have some Alesmith Evil Dead Red, Alesmith Other Half collab. That's a new one to me. And then Alesmith Stereophile. Okay. Uh, good stuff. Very cool that they're, that they're getting excellent. that stuff there, too. That's um, awesome. The Montague Street Bridge is a bridge in Melbourne that is one of the lowest in Melbourne. So it often gets hit by. Um, trucks and buses, and we've had um, some near fatal incidents with buses having their roofs chopped off. And there's generally one every couple of months, um, and it's there's a whole bunch of signage not to go over it if you're two point four meters tall or whatever the limit is. But so many trucks go through that place and hit the bridge and cause havoc with with mm. traffic. So. Yeah, it's uh, right. it's infamous know. within Melbourne. So if it's near Montague Street Bridge, I know where it's kind of tucked away in Melbourne, which is a great location, actually. All right. So our Parma's conversation, uh, of course, elicited a response from Nick. So he, he says in his quest to go to every brewery, he's going to have to go to a place called Eshuka in north-central Victoria. Um, he's not a Chuka. He's not expecting great things from his investment, $150 investment in diesel to get there and back. But he's going to visit the Shamrock Hotel, who specialize in offering 101 varieties of Parma. Guide me on which one to try, and I'll photograph the outcome. So, no shit, there are 100 different types of chicken Parma on here. Um and uh, okay, so on, okay, so I might have misunderstood this, but on your guys's version of this, there is ham on it. Also, always. What kind of rookie okay. doesn't have ham on their chicken palm? That is a non-negotiable for a standard palm. Yeah, I don't know if that's always the case here. So then, just well, just you're doing it out there. You're doing it. Um, some of these sound definitely sound better to me than others. Uh, I'm not sure if I like the one that's like. Bacon, barbecue sauce, jack cheese, and all the onion rings I like, but I'm not sure if that one does it for me. Um, I gotta say, the stuff that always sounds good to me is like the the satay one sounds good to me. I, I would absolutely get down with a satay like the meat um, Where's that one? Down on the second page. 
Ooh, okay. I like the Kremlin. The Kremlin sounds good. Kremlin sounds good. I like the, uh, oh, that's like a, um, oh, that's interesting. I like the porcarella. Our pork quadrilla does your pork four different ways with a ham, bacon, salami, chorizo, and melted cheese. What's up? That looks crazy. Ooh, the king. Um, yeah, peanut butter, bacon, and melted cheese. All right. Um, We've got uh, Moroccan style, Moroccan spices, apricot and almond, couscous, cheese, and lemon yogurt. What about the uh, cheesy mite? Which is... Cheesy mite. Oh, yeah. Vegemite and cheese. Yep. All Australian. Here's an old school about- Australian dish that I don't even know whether you have it in America, but it's a fucking terrible chicken dish, um, which is apricot chicken. It's an awful dish, and it's got apricot nectar, and Ugh. it's normally cooked up as a casserole, but in this case it's got ham, macadamia nuts and cheese. Hard pass on that, Nick. Hard pass. Well, I, the only way to soften the blow, Nick, is when is your birthday or when can you fake an ID to make sure you travel there on your yeah, birthday? You should go for your birthday. Yeah, that's the move. Free. Um, I think you should do the Parmageddon, a monster five-stack Parma of biblical proportions. If you can destroy this beast in 20 minutes, you get your money back and you get a T-shirt. What a deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about I don't that. Know if I, do that. I, I like some really weird ones, like the chili prawn one sounds good. Uh, the creamy smoked salmon, I'd be willing to give a go. Um, All right. Well, I'm going with either Nick for because uh, you know to honor the uh, the homeland, the Union Jack with mashed bacon, baked beans, HP sauce, and cheese. Some of or, these, of course, barely can the stars and stripes. Yep. The Stars and Stripes, hot dogs, fries, sauerkraut, mustard, and ketchup. Um, there you go. I'm going to go with the Choc Banana Parma. Oh, I now, don't like that one. If I, was, if I was to look at that list and seriously think, what am I going to have? I would try something unique. It would be something like the Kremlin mm-hmm. um, or the Conquistador right. or the Porcarella. I all... I think they're all in the runny. Um, see, it's a little too easy to go for something like a peri-peri parma because we know see, that, that goes sounds great to me. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it works, but it's so yummy. Uh, uh, I like the satay one. The satay one sounds good to yep. me. I like it. I like it. What about Mickey's house? Which one was your, that? Your I, four I, cheese schnitzel with Virginian ham. Um, oh, yeah. Mozzarella. Um, creamy cheese, feta cheese, and parmesan. Mm. Um, that's not, that's a little heavy on the cheese. I think I, I think I think my dairy allergy might act up. <laughs> well, what about know. the one I don't below? Think I, well, I don't have an allergy, but um, that sounds pretty simple and delicious. Really? Bacon, caramelized onion, cheese, and sautéed mushrooms. The B O C M palm, or the Moroccan the style. There are so many of these, dude. It's it's disturbing how yep. many different things they're making there. Sorry, Nick, I um, haven't made your choice any easier. I would steer away from the cheesy mite, got to be honest. Um, yeah, I think I would too. I'd probably do like what you said, something like the Kremlin, the Porcarella. Um, Challenge yourself, and, but don't go gimmicky. Yeah. And I think um, 
Yeah, I think that's a. I don't know. Or, oh. or, or you go with like a, 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 you know, something international, the Moroccan, the satay, the um, curry in a hurry is is, is yeah, where curry, I've landed. That'd be a good one. Yeah, because that's a good one. Nick, of course, has a good reference for curry because he spent most of his life, early life in England, which is sort of the home to, like, outside of India. I, I'm I'm genuine yeah. here, like. English, the English people have a good handle on Indian curry. Yeah. Um, so it would That's be... probably the right move, something like yeah, that. I, I think it's a good move, Nick. I wouldn't go with the nacho, nacho man. Go with curry in a hurry. That's my final choice there, Nick. All right. Well, we're, we'll lock it in. Perfect. Uh, all right, Tony, is there anything else uh, that we have to cover here? Um Oh, my German was bad. Nick Nick corrected all my German. Uh, sure so just we're just going to summarize that and say I have full German, and I'm, I'm, me pronouncing Australian town names hasn't been going very well either. No. So overall, I'm just here to I'm here to butcher your your language of, of any type. So I'm I'm this is what this is what I do. You know, let's destroy it. Um. All right. Uh, guys, if you want to join our Discord, make sure you do it. You just drop us a note on Instagram, Beer Engine Pod, or send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com, or just click on our friggin' link on the website. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Beer Engine, uh, Beer Engine Show at, uh, dot com. Now, I worked out how to do that for um, TAI V2, um, how to not have an expired link. Why isn't that set up by default by Discord? Why does it expire in seven days? That's fucking awful. Well, they want if you want to have a secure Discord, you know. The problem with this is, Tony, we're going to have to be kind of vigilant because I feel like if you're going to have a link like that on your website, you're going to you're asking for bots to come yes. in there and fuck with your shit. So, but maybe they'll boost the bots. Want, hey, listen, if if the bots want to come in, you guys come and hang out with us. We'll have a great time. Um, before we wrap up the Discord section, okay. do want to give a shout out to our listener uh, Corey, actually, who uh, has been Ill, under the weather the last week. Oh. Sorry. Uh, with some uh, illness, so um, hopefully he is. Uh, well, I, I, he's in the hospital, so I know he's bored. So please, uh, uh, Corey, get better soon. Go home from the hospital and stop having to re-listen to all of our old shows because that's really gonna that's really not gonna do you any good. All no. right, so let's get you let's get you home, buddy. All right, our uh, beer engine pod show is uh, uh, is supporting you one hundred percent. And I know all of our millions of listeners are sending all of their all of their best thoughts. All right, Tony. Let's uh, let's move on to some of that uh, beers of the week, lagers of the week. One of those. What do you think? Griff's lager of the week. Griff's lager of the week. Tony, this was a this was a new one for me. Uh, I I know I drink a lot of Freem, but sure I, do. I did not I did not see this one coming. Um, so my lager of the week is from Freem. I had it yesterday because finally Corey's has gotten their fucking shit together with a draft <laughs> list um, and had the Freem Canadian lager. Canadian lager? So uh, what is Canadian? Style. What is, yeah, is this like, um, I don't know. Uh, so I'm thinking this was just a way to make a adjunct lager without it being like a having to say American lager. I don't know. Maybe they modeled it more on a Labatt or something. Uh, inspired by our friends to the north, this Canadian lager sparkles like glacial snowmelt, pouring almost translucent, snappy with light aromas of ripening grain fields, orange flower, 
Blossom and fresh pastry. It's off the crushability charts. Pairs with heaping bowls of poutine. And oodles of sunshine, 5%. It does have rice syrup in it, so I was right. There is a rice component like it would be a uh, yep. adjunct lager. Got your pearl and tetanang hops. And it drank so nice and easy. It was uh, just about as as refreshing as you could imagine. So, now, yeah, this I guess this is... Um, Somewhat modeled after Molson's. Molson, uh, they they use some Canadian grain, I guess. Okay, so this this uses high quality Canadian malt, uh, a kiss of choice noble hops, and Mount Hood glacial water. There you go. There you go. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, really, really good stuff. You know, I'm used to drinking those hoppy. Maybe I guess I don't know, not hoppy, but. Little punchier lagers. This was this was just so crushable though from uh, from frame. Good stuff. How about you, Tony? No lagers for me this week. I'm afraid. Oh no. Mm. You got me a couple of days early. I'm, I might have planned to take on a couple. Oh, actually, no. I'm I'm telling a lie. There is a lager of the week for me, and it's okay. little creatures have a Mexican cerveza out. I think it's called. Um, and it's the first little creatures uh, seasonal I've seen out in a while. Um, it, it was it was tasty. Would buy again, especially for the price. So um, awesome! No. If, if people see it on the shelves and it's not too expensive, um, definitely pick it up because yeah, Mexican cerveza, cool looking can, and it was relatively cheap. I thought so. Yeah, can recommend. Killer. Absolutely right. that beer of the week tony okay this is from a brewery you're all familiar with but it's not their uh lemon meringue and it's not their uni sailor's grave they actually do a good hazy and it's called swan breaker um and it's a really delicious hazy because it finishes slightly bitter it doesn't finish cloyingly okay. sweet for whatever reason, they've got just enough bitterness to keep you coming back. Um, comes in at about 6.5%. Fucking delicious. Really, really big fan of that beer. Excellent. Hey, we'll always, we'll always uh, you know what? There's always a space for hazy IPA here. I haven't had any in a while, but. Um, you should get back I, you to know it. What? It'd be interesting to see how much it's sort of changed and evolved as, as a Big Dude, product in the marketplace. I just don't care for the hazies that we get out here, um, unless it's Weldworks. I like some of the Weldworks stuff, but I, if I'm going to do that, it's got to get burial sent to me. So I guess What's a good excuse for that. But that's pretty much pretty much just do that and get all those fucking little packing peanuts all over my house again. Um, Tony, my ear of the week. You know what? I got to go. Just go with BBT. I don't know what else could top it, you know, uh, as much as I, I mean, obviously I loved all the Cantillon, uh, Creek, hundred percent Lambic bio, uh, the Lou Pepe 2016 was like, so full of cherry still for being a six, seven year old Creek. It was just bursting with, with yep. cherry flavor, but BBT, 
it's just undefeated, man. It's it's a uh, it's a treat every time you get to have it, and that, this was no different. It just uh, it's just so pure tasting. It's so it's so wonderful. Excellent. Well, I, I can vouch for the quality of the beer coming out of uh, Side Project and getting over at Side Project. Yeah. Good stuff. And it's Swan Eater, by the way. I might have said Swan Breaker, but it is Swan Eater. It's a New World IPA. So sounds like we've all had some delicious beers this week. We've both had lagers yeah, and our it. beer of the week. What's up? Oh, my God. It's, a, it's like the craziest week ever. Now, um, i got to go back and look at which which BBT did we drink. I'll just type beer into, um, <laughs> into Untapped because it, it won't do anything. For you, um, <laughs> um, it was just the 2022. It wasn't the rye. Yep. So this was the yeah. This is the Pappy 10 year Willet Family Estate Willet Bourbon and Eagle Rare, 17 to 37 months. It's OWK and vibes. Yep. Yeah. That was damn good. I'm guessing you would have checked that in. Um, is that one that I've checked in as well? Because that should tell you if I've checked it in or what did I? I, did, I didn't check it in. Oh. I'm about to check it in. I, actually, I'm going to do it on my phone because I, since I'm paying yep. for it, I can check it in back to the day. We may, we may have had a few of those stouts there, Tony. I think we might have sipped a few of those. Maybe I lost my uh, – I, I lost a little track <laughs> as what I was checking in and what I wasn't. I know. So. Always happens when you've got – Beers coming at you left and right. You think, oh, I'm going to check that in, but then you're on to the next beer and you forget to do it. And, it's like, and then all of a sudden, you're at the M Resort with Brian playing, just getting absolutely housed at the blackjack table, just <laughs> getting destroyed by every new dealer that comes in and uh, watching a '90s cover band. That's and that's just how, sometimes that's just what happens, you know. It's okay. Now you've got a. What was the most stereotypical track that they played? The 90s cover band. You know, I wasn't in there that long because Brian and I kind of put in about two songs worth and then we were like, let's go play Blackjack. And we, yep. uh, so we left the girls there and was it played Blackjack. Uh, ooh, that's pretty good. I think they did do that one. Um, but I can't, no, I can't piece it together. Uh, um, I'll have to, you know what? I'll, I'll maybe get some back to you. Spin Doctors, Pocket Full of Kryptonite. That's always a good one for a cover band. I'm not sure if spin doc, you know, it tended to be, um, I don't, I didn't hear any, uh, two princes or, or anything, you know, it, it was, it was, I don't think it was a lot of the one hit wonders. I think they were, they were not along the spin doctors, gin blossoms. Train, oh, so you know? more in your like, uh, which is bon too bad. Be- too bad because those are Brian's favorite. Those are Brian's <laughs> favorite groups. Chum- he's going to the Chumbawamba concert, I think next I think he's dying to get to. Chumbawamba, the Bloodhound Gang, Dexy's Midnight Runners, all of them. Dexy's um, in the 80s, so come on. I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. Um, all right, Tony, let's do some Hyper Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Nerd Dork Shit News. Uh, not last week's news. No, I've Tony, already got this, this week's up because American Pilsner uh, has found its I'm flow. Clicking, clicking last week's news and just going <laughs> to read it again. Um. Punch Punch Magazine, um, the American Pilsner has found its flow. So uh, this is true. This guy makes a good point. Now, who wrote this? Court, uh, Courtney, Court- Courtney Eisman. 
who says there's a running joke among craft beer aficionados that every coming year promises to be the year of the lager. It's true. We just do it all the time. You're so right, Courtney. Thank you. You nailed us. Um, the IPA just keeps dominating. It's just, you know, this is the life. But, you know, lager has definitely started to grow um, uh, in from a craft standpoint. Obviously, lager dominates the beer market in, in America. I mean, Bud Light's the best-selling yes. beer by, by hundreds of times over. Um and actually, oh, this is this is good. So M. Souter is quoted in here, who I enjoy her stuff. You should check out Pints and Panels on Instagram, uh, a great account. And I actually might um, uh, go buy some of her stuff because she's going to be in Austin when I'm there. So <laughs> buy some of her art. But uh, the, she says the Czech Pilsner love is very real right now, and I'm 100% here for it. Uh, people getting the Luker faucets installed, decoction mashing, Check pour styles like that milk pour thing that you can see. So, anyways, Pilsner's really taken off is is what we're getting at, uh, and they put together six Pilses that we need to try. So, Tony, I need to get my hands on some of these. And so, the first one here that I really want to get my hands on this is great foreshadowing for our game is from a brewery called Human Robot, which I just heard of the other day, <laughs> and um, this looks amazing. They're Hallertau pills. They do the milk pour. They have the side pour faucets. Um, they have all the special glassware to do the like Czech specific uh, style pours. Um, so I'm excited uh, to try to get my hands on that. It is from Philadelphia. Uh, some big Eagles fans out there. Uh, they're liking that. Uh, Tony, they got Burial Shadow Clock. I've had this beer. It is amazing. So that's I a good recommendation. Nice job, guys. Burial Shadow Clock, delicious Pilsner, and they make it year-round. That's awesome. And if you haven't had uh, the next one, you'll be wanting to get your hands on that, no doubt. Yeah, Talia in Brooklyn. Uh, hey, I'm going to be right in that area, huh? Uh, they're having the, they have an al, the al dente Italian-style Pilsner. That's funny because that's how you cook pasta. Uh, Halfway Crooks is a brewery that's going to be at Mickler with the They have a Belgian Pilsner. Um, I wonder if this is somehow modeled after, uh, what's that beer? Bavic. Bavic Super Pills, which is a Belgian Pilsner. Threes, I've had a bunch of their stuff. This was Kicking and Screaming. Fudra Fermented Pills, definitely want that. Threes, a great brewery, too, in Brooklyn. And Finback, who's in New York City with the Crispy Town uh, uh, Pills here. Oh, this one uses Motuika Hops also, so that's sweet. So, Tony, I am, on a, I am on a mission to get all of these beers. Now, the fact is, I, I will say, um, not to go full Stephen A. Smith on this here, but uh, three of these beers do come from New York City area. <laughs> so, uh, hey, she's a Brooklyn I do feel like you can. I'm getting my, the East Coast, the, you know, the coastal elites are back at it again, Tony. <laughs> but they're, you know, why do we talk about the Lakers and, and the Knicks so much? They suck, you know. Well, um, but they're all back with their with their beers. Not to mention the Philadelphia one. So, uh, actually, all these beers are from the East Coast. Every single one is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so almost anyways. like it was written by an East Coast writer. Like as much as you make fun of what? Stephen A. Smith, he's not the worst offender. To me, the worst offenders are actually over on Fox with oh, um, yeah. Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Oh, Skip, yeah. yeah all they talk nice. about is the fucking Lakers. They're thirteenth in the West. 13th. They're terrible. 
fucking terrible. Looking at these tasting notes for the Italian pills, Tony, and this guy says we find it has uh, tasting notes. We find it has notes of rosemary, focaccia, and lemon zest. So you, you think that's true, Tony? Do you think they just called it Italian pills and you looked for something that's Italian? Yes. That it tastes like? Yep, that's okay. a psychosomatic thing. I was going to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, say. Um, I was like, it does not taste like focaccia, right? I, don't, I mean, that's not bad to me. I well, like, I mean, rosemary is a perfectly nice flavor, especially for you, you know, it, it'll I, come through like that sometimes. I, I kind of get it, but the way it's written up, oh, it, it's, it's Italian because of this, but you look at the herbal quality from the hops, okay, get that, the rosemary. Um, the breadiness you always get in that style of beer with your Pilsner. Right. So focaccia and bread, same fucking thing. And then orange zest, again, through the hops. So, yeah, that makes sense in its most basic form. But you've also got that power of suggestion saying it's an, t- an Italian Pils. There's so I think Italian. both things are actually working. I think it's perhaps an Tastes accurate like descriptor. If, if you were to say it has a herbal nose with a bready taste and right. a bit of um, bit of marmalade or citrus yeah. finish. Sure. That'd also accurate and also bang on for this beer, but just not as suggestive uh, and it doesn't quite tell the story. So that, that's a bit of writer's license, but it's probably still accurate. I would like to promote the burial one again also because it's 12 <laughs> bucks for a six-pack. Whereas, uh, whereas the Talea one is $20 for a four pack. Um, now I'll try them both. I'm, I'm an idiot. So I'll, you know, send them over, but, um, I really want some of this wooden and wooden robot. No human robot. Wooden robots, a different thing. A human robot. This is one, uh, I, I, I got in my head and actually again, uh, especially today because I've been doing a little writing of a game that might involve this human robot brewery. So, um, you know, this, this stuff looks pretty good to me. So good, good recommendations of yummy pills for our handful of listeners on the East coast. Yeah. Max, uh, I'm looking at you, Max. I'm looking at you, Max. Go, go get yourself some, some logger and tell us how they are. Uh, next up, Tony. Um, yes, yeah, oh, let's do the, up. let's do the bottom. I want to do the oh. bottom one first. Well, sorry, I put it out of order. This is from the Kenosha news. Uh, Super Bowl ads. So Tony, you you don't you might not watch the Super Bowl. Are you gonna? What time is it on for you? Is oh it yeah, it's, it's, it's awful time. It's mid morning. It's it's not terrible. Some some years I watch it. Some years I don't. Um, I I used to follow the NFL a lot closer, but since I got league pass, yeah, I take or leave the Super Bowl. Uh, but we do get a package of the ads, and of course on YouTube you get twenty minutes of the ads. So I am familiar with sort of. The history of the ads, especially around beer and crypto and the Mac computer, of course. Um, yep. So this year, it turns out, according to the Kenosha News, anyways, it's the Associated Press. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that the uh, that we're going to have more more beer and less crypto during the Super Bowl. Now, last year we had a bunch of ads for FTX and and so on, uh, and that didn't go too too good. Uh, uh, over the past year for those guys. So I guess we're moving on back to the to your standards this year. And Anheuser-Busch remains your biggest advertiser. They have three minutes of national airtime. Now, I will say 
They did give up their deal to be the exclusive alcohol advertiser this year, so you will be seeing ads from companies like Heineken, Diageo, Remy Martin, and even them guys over there at Molson Coors are going to be involved in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I think Miller was making a big deal about about that with some with some pre pre buys here about like Miller Lite is back, baby, or something like that. I don't know. Um, Tony, what what? We got some other stuff here. Let, oh, so, let, so we aren't going to, I don't know if we're going to have any crypto. Uh, hopefully not. Uh, You're probably going to get maybe some. Just some. I think we'll get some like Coinbase or some shit. Well, yeah. And see, so in Formula One, there's FTX was on the Mercedes car last year. There was a whole bunch of crypto over some of the, some of the cars. But this year, there's a crypto company that specialises in crypto gambling but they're not going to advertise the crypto gambling, but they're going to advertise their streaming site, which allows mm. crypto gambling streams. So I don't want to... It says there's zero, zero crypto representation on the day at all. So we're not going to have any, any crypto ads this year. Because all I, I want to see is what happens to the M&M. So we know it's, well, it's well, this is true. well covered here that I have to know what happens to the M&M. So I will be... Uh, putting all my any betting I can do on what happens to the M and M's, anything at all that I'll be that's M and M related, I will have my money locked in on. So uh, okay. this is all this is all M and M content. So where 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 is your money falling on the M and M? Are the heels back? Is the green M M&M and M back? Was it all a yeah. ruse for Super Bowl? I I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see Bush from an M M&M. and M. That's my. Sharon Stone style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> I think the only way to get out of this this heat they're in with with Alex Jones is that they have to sh- they have to go full bush, and uh, we might we might actually you know then then we can finally move on with our lives. Yeah. And uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, I, I I don't know. I guess I don't know where the genitals on M M&M and M are, but we can take a guess and we'll just see. <laughs> we can try and find out. Yeah, I guess we're going to find out. You know, it's going to be crazy. Um, all right, Tony. One more piece of news about the Super Bowl. Yes. That uh, I want to cover, and then we're going to then we're gonna just segue so perfectly into our game. This is from Tony, Breweries in PA. Yeah, your favorite website, breweriesinpa.com. Um, you know, PA is right next to East Palestine, Ohio, so maybe these guys are... Hopefully these guys are okay. They're not inhaling too much smoke. But Yards Brewing and Boulevard Brewing have announced a Super Bowl wager with a cause. Clearly, it's gone. It's gone haywire. I, Boulevard sent a whole train full of vinyl chloride. To, oh, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, Philadelphia's own Yards Brewing has made another friendly sports-themed wager this year. Uh, they have wagered that the Eagles will win the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, and Boulevard has taken them up on that bet. The Eagles win. Boulevard will send some barbecue and beer. If the Chiefs win, Yards will send some cheesesteaks and beer. I don't know. They do this. Everybody does this shit every year. It's stupid. That's not interesting. Um, and they're going to get some charity. Sure, fine. This part isn't interesting, Tony. It's boring. But not until I got my hands on it and did the hardest amount, the, the greatest amount of work, legwork I've ever had to do. To write a game, and it's a Monday, for God's sake, uh, to design this edition of News the Game. Oh, see, I didn't realize we were going to news the game that early, but here we go. 
Opposite of a breaking news lead in where just like you try to get into the news fast, you have to wait 45 seconds, people change the channel and don't find out that we landed on the moon or whatever. Um, all right, Tony, my favorite part when I finished doing this game was that, and not to tell our listeners that they're not going to like this or something, but I, I did all this work for this game and I was like, I don't even know if this is interesting at all. It just, it was. Like, it was hard to do the game. So now you have to listen to it. I couldn't come up with anything more interesting because I spent so much time doing this. Um, so, Tony, Philadelphia and Kansas City are playing in the Super Bowl. Yards and Boulevard are doing their little beer contest where, you know, if the Eagles win, ball and so on and so forth, right? Yep. But it made me curious, you know, especially thinking about Yards and Boulevard, these kind of bit more kind of pillars of the of the beer scene in, in the US. Yard's been around forever. We never really got them out in the in the Midwest, but I'm sure they're around the East Coast. And then Boulevard, you know, is clearly becoming a national brewery. But um, you know what what which one of these towns, you know, is even good at beer? You know, do, do these towns I mean I know Kansas City has some, you know, decent breweries. I know Philadelphia's had a few, especially pop up in, in the more recent years. Tony I, I thought I would go through, and I created five categories, um, and we were going to find out which city is better at beer uh, based on their untapped ratings. So, this is tough. Tony, this is tough, and also it was very hard to make, and also it might be boring. Um, so, <laughs> Tony, the way I had to do this, interestingly enough, was um, you couldn't just pick up you can't. You can't sort untapped ratings or do statistics based on fucking region. Don't give, they don't have any of that power. It's not like I'm going into Power BI or Tableau and making a bunch of charts or anything here. So I essentially just, had, to make this even feasible, I picked, um, essentially, the. Uh, I just chose five representative breweries for each city. Okay. Um, so, uh, and we are going to go across five categories. Those categories are... Lager, stout, IPA, hop, beer, and overall brewery rating. Um, yep. So essentially, there's five breweries from Kansas City. Those are Boulevard, uh, Casey Beer, which is a lager company, or lager brewer primarily. Alma Mater, which generally makes a lot of IPA, um, okay. or hoppy forward styles. EKS Artisan Ales, which is a little more free-flowing, kind of a hazy slash farmhouse yep. and crane who does primarily sour stuff. And I've been to, I've, I've been to all these and had beer from all of them. All our perfectly lovely breweries. And then the five from Philadelphia are yards. Um, we have tired hands, which is, you know, despite all their uh, transgressions are quite very popular and make some good beer objectively. Anyways, Forest in Maine, who specializes in what I would call legacy styles, especially like English bitter and lagers. 
victory. Everybody loves victory. Yeah, it's 30 miles away from Philadelphia, close enough. Yep. And then, um, and then human robot, who we just talked about, uh, very lager heavy brewery. So, you know, 10 great breweries. This will be quite hard. So let's blast through this and see how boring it is. I'm actually glad we got to the game pretty quickly for us today. So, because this one, we'll see how long this one takes. I'm not giving you descriptions of every beer. Um, this isn't untrapped. You're not in a well. You're just, uh, you're just competing. Really, the interesting thing is who's going to win. But if you get three yep. of these categories right, I will not, not only uh, drag you out of a well, I will, um, uh, I'll just give you some modern porn if you want. I don't know, whatever. Ooh. Um, so, so, just to be clear, I haven't seen modern porn. More <laughs> or less bush than a green M&M. It's actually postmodern porn is what I'm going to give you. It's, uh, it's, it's Everyone's totally hairless. Um, <laughs> like uh, those cats. Uh, I think it's generally less uh, these days. Although, there, I've seen, I, you know what, I would throw out that there's been a little bit of a resurgence lately. So, <laughs> um, All right, so... Here's the deal. Uh, I didn't go find like the best rated lager for every one of these breweries. It's the most popular. Gotcha. Essentially, it's just a representation of it's the yep. one that got checked in the most. Um, so we're just doing a straight up representation of these breweries, the beers people drank the most. Um, and that's true for every category. So I like um, it. This could Tony, be a format for our Sweet 16 going forward. If we ever if do this, those if, again. Tony, if this is a format for anything else, I'm going to have to quit my job, I think, because it really is. It, it take mostly the time, I guess, was spent in coming up with how I was going to do it. But but now uh, that you've come up with a formula, this bad. works. Might be easy. But here you go. Uh, the five loggers for Kansas City. Boulevard's Casey Pills, kind of a big ubiquitous beer. Yep. Uh, Casey Beer's Munich Dunkel. Uh, Alma Mater's Premiant Czech Pills. Uh, BKS has their Simplicity and Patience, which is a pilsner with Rakow, Mosaic, and Saz. That sounds delicious. Then Crane has a kind of adjunct style corn lager called Odd Bird. So that's Boulevard's, or sorry, that's um, Kansas City's. And they're going up against Philadelphia's group of five here. It's the Loyal Lager from Yards, probably like their ubiquitous pub lager. Uh, Tired Hands, Hellas Other People, Hellas Lager. The House Pills from Forest in Maine. Now, you know, they're good at pills and stuff, so this beer is probably pretty popular. Human Robots, Hallertau Pills, the beer we just talked about, and then the all-time legend, Tony, Victory Prima Pills. Um, so, Tony, who, which city uh, are you giving the lager crown to? Kansas See, City or Philadelphia? If it was just one beer, which I'm guessing we're not doing, it's the average out of the five from each. Yeah, this is a statistical nightmare. Again, I knew Max. Max Lotman's going to be mad at me on, for this game on about 10 different fronts, namely the breweries I probably picked for Philadelphia. But, yeah. Now um, are you using This is just a straight-up mean. Mean, mean It's average? me adding up, adding up the five, dividing it by five. Okay. So victory, I think, is um, not potentially the highest rated, but it is definitely the most prestigious, but I actually give the nod the other way. You're going to Kansas City. I am going to Kansas City for this one. Um, I, I can't really base it on much other than a vibe, man. It's just a vibe. All vibes. It's giving It's giving lager. I, I don't know. That doesn't really work. It's, it's, it's giving hops. It's just Anyways, a vibe, Tony, man. Kansas City... 
this this the, what what blew me away was how close all, most of these were. Well, when you start uh, so averaging the, stuff out, of course it. it so for for Kansas up. City, Tony, Kansas City had a three point seven four two. Yep. Buoyed by the BKS simplicity and patience, which has a four point oh four. Jesus Christ! And uh, Philadelphia Tony had a three point seven four eight, so six thousandths of a of, of a decimal, right? For fuck's uh, above sake. above Kansas City. So Philadelphia wins that one. Fuck you, victory! Philly goes up one nothing. Tony goes zero for one. Um, the the two there, Forest Main House Logger has a four point oh six, and the Human Robot has a four point oh one. So two really a, a bunch of really Jesus. high rated loggers in here. Actually, Alma Mater's is three point nine four too. So a bunch of loggers we got to get our hands on, Tony. Feels <laughs> so good. Um, all right, next up is Stout. This is where it gets tricky. You're gonna um, you're gonna love some of the some of the massaging I do here. Um, so. Here's your stout team for uh, Kansas City. You got Boulevard's Dark Truth. That was part of their Smokestack series. I believe still exists. Yep. Uh, just a straight-up Imperial Stout. You have Alma Mater's Nico Espresso Milk Stout. Ooh. You have the BKS Holstein Maple, which is like a 6% maple stout. And you have Crane's Barrel-Aged Anniversary Stout uh, 3. And then you do not have anything from Casey Beer. Because they don't make anything but lager, <laughs> so they are not they are not competing. They've been uh, subbed out. They have been sub. They've been subbed out entirely, and I'll I'll explain what I did here at, at when we get through this. So, for Philly, you have Yards Love Stout and Irish Dry Stout. You have Tire Hands Only Void, which is their like base Imperial Stout. And remember, I did this based on the most popular. This is the most checked in stout for these breweries. Yep. You have Forest and Maine's Queen Anne Irish Dry Stout. Wow, Irish Dry Stout. Um, Human Robots, Stonehouse Mornings, a Maple Imperial Stout. And uh, another classic from Victory, Storm King. Classic 9 point something percent Imperial Stout from, from Victory. So, Tony, what I had to do here, because Casey Beer did not enter one, it would be unfair, I think, to average five against four. Yes. So I gave a benefit, a slight benefit to Philadelphia. You would, oh, I guess it's no benefit. It's just an evening. I eliminated the lowest rated. Okay. Because Kansas, because Kansas City couldn't muster up a competitor, uh, we we go with uh, we go with the top four, or um, for Philly. So, so therefore, Kansas City or Philly, who you got? The math just says then that it's got to be Philly, because if you're well, it's I suppose not necessarily it doesn't. True. No, yeah. but that's going to be my logic. I think you're eliminating a potentially um, weaker score versus somebody who couldn't do that. It's like in a, a team pursuit in the Olympics or something. Um, sure. When you drop out that rider, you tend to struggle because um, they didn't get a chance to to put in their input. Yet if they stay with them till the last three k's and then are dropped. Um, <laughs> this analogy is going nowhere. Pennsylvania. Great. Yep. I was thinking of like the Olympics scoring for gymnastics where they get rid of the highest and the lowest. Um, but anyways, uh, Tony, so uh, f- uh, Kansas City in this one gets a 4.135 average on their four. 
And Philadelphia dragging behind 3.93. This was actually the biggest gap <laughs> between any two. Um, even dropping their lowest rated um, beer. Uh, I think I think part of the reason was that Boulevard had some advantage in just sort of the adjunct component. Yep. Um, uh, so they take that one. It's 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 one one. Uh, you're zero for two though, Tony. Uh, let's go on to IPA, Tony, and and we have to play the same game again because Casey Beer also does not make any IPA. Yeah, I think you should have subbed uh, them out. I couldn't find another brewery with enough check-ins of all their different types <laughs> of beers in Kansas City to match these, so that was the problem. Um. Plus, I was tired. Uh, Boulevard, Boulevard's the calling. That's a double IPA. That's um, so. That's who who they're throwing at it. Alma Mater has their dripping in green Imperial New England style hazy IPA. EKS is coming with their counterculture New England style hazy. And Crane has their farmhouse IPA. Meanwhile, yards. Yards is here with their signature IPA, which is an English-style IPA. Tired Hands with their Alien Church Hazy IPA, a beer I've had there and is good. Forest has their Kinch IPA, which is what I would call a American Sea Hop IPA. Yep. Uh, like Cascade. You know, Centennial, Cascade, yeah, some of them. Yep. Uh, Human Robot has the Dreams of Organon, a hazy IPA, and then there's Victory Dirt, Dirt Wolf, a famous double IPA from Victory. So they get to drop out their lowest one because, again, I couldn't find another brewery. I'm stupid. Uh, they, uh, so that's Yards again. They just I, I, I could have just eliminated <laughs> Yards from the contest. Would also would also have been another <laughs> option, and just had four. But I was too far down the road, and I was too too bought in. So Fair they, they they exit uh, that one. So it's their top four against the four from Kansas City. I'm got? going back to Kansas City this time. I don't know why. They just have more appeal to me. The idea of, like, um, a farmhouse IPA is, is appealing to me. So I think that's tipped it in my scale. The margins are so tight. I've really got no chance, let's be honest. It's true. You have no chance. You got this wrong. Um, but the margins were quite close again. So uh, Phillies four have a 4.015 where Kansas City's are a four. So again, f- 15 hundredths. Uh, what can I do? There. What can you do? And uh, really what happened for Philly was they got dragged up there by Alien Church, which has a 4.23. Um, and unfortunately for Kansas City, they did get dragged down a touch by that farmhouse IPA. You and I would probably love it. Yep. But the crowd didn't. Uh, 3.74 for that one. So Philly's up two to one. You know they could clinch this thing in the next category. You're you're already you're you're wiped out. You're you're yep. you're, you're just playing for for honor and pride now. Um, next one I have. This is just style free. This is the most popular beer. By your brewery. Yep. Your number one checked in beer. Um, so, do we uh, have Kansas any repeats City's, or did you eliminate There are these? a few repeats here. Okay. No, there are a few repeats here. So, uh, Kansas, now, but some of them definitely aren't. So, uh, Boulevard's number one most popular beer. What Gee. do you think, Tony? Um, 
Check most checked in beer. So you got to remember who's using untapped. I should know this off by heart, but help me out. Tank 7. It's Tank 7. Of course. Uh, Tank 7 for Boulevard. AC Beer, it's that, it's that Munich Dunkel we talked about earlier. Um, since they only make lager, um, <laughs> their most popular lager is also their most popular beer. Alma Mater's is actually their lager, too. Their Czech lager, the Premium. Uh, EKS's is that Hazy, the counterculture New England-style Hazy IPA. And Crane, uh, their most popular beer is a Berliner Weiss called Tea Weiss, which has various types of tea in it, um, which sounds nice. Yeah, I could say that working then, in a Berliner Weiss. And then I, uh, for, for uh, Philly, uh, it's Yards Philadelphia Pale Ale. Um, it's the Alien Church from Tired Hands. It's Forest and Maine's Solaire Reserve Funky Saison. Which is amazing. That's their top checked-in beer. But I guess yeah. Tank Seven too. Uh, yeah, Human Tank Seven is more commercial though. Than, it than is. That. Yeah. Human Robots Hallertau Pills, which we again has been mentioned like eight times on the show, and then Victory. Their top checked-in beer, Tony, is Golden Monkey, which I was a little bit surprised by. Yeah. But it's a triple. You know, Belgian <sighs> triple. Tony, who do you like? It's just their most popular beer, Kansas City or Philadelphia. I'm going with Philadelphia. There are just some ones there that just seem to me that are going to just drag up their score. But this is, again, going to be tight. Don't Probably going to go 0 for 5. This is going to put me over 4, I think. <laughs> it is going to put you over 4. Kansas City has this one. Um, see, when, when Philadelphia wins, it's very close. But when Kansas City does, it's a little bit bigger gap. So this was... 3.924 for Kansas City and a 3.86. Oh, huge um, you know who really, You know who dragged him down, Tony? The one they got to kick out of the last two was Yards. <laughs> Philadelphia Pale Ale, a 3.54. That's a lot of pissed off beer nerds drinking that at the airport and being yep. like, I don't like this. This fucking sucks. Um, probably fine. Uh, uh, if you want to get mad about some stuff, Tony, I, I I forgot to mention this to you. Let's get let's get mad real quick before we get to the final round. Okay. Uh, Victory Pima Pills untapped rating is three point four six. Um, just wrong. Yeah, not, not good. Uh, Tank Seven has a three point seven seven. No. What? And then yeah, right. Okay. And then so Victory Gold had that at three point yeah. nine. Somewhere yeah, in that's that region. Closer to something like that. And Victory Golden Monkey has a 3.75. So, there you go. That's brutal. So, last round, last thing, Tony. Let's see if we can get one for you. It's just the overall. So, these are the overall brewery ratings where they combine all of their beers. You got, you know, we, we've talked about your five Kansas City breweries, Boulevard, KC, Alma Mater, BKS, and Crane. Straight up against Philadelphia's five yards, tired hands, Forest and Maine, victory, human robot. Who takes home the crown, Tony? Kansas City, because that fucking what's his face are always dragging them down. Yards are always right. dragging Philly down. You are exactly right. Congrats, Tony. Uh, I got the only one, one that counted. Eight. I am so Harry if you're looking Styles, to predict stuff you If you're looking to predict the Super Bowl. 
Uh, maybe you could use this. It's as good of a prediction as any. And actually, I don't believe people like Kansas City. So there you go. Maybe you can get some money. Maybe you get some uh, uh, some plus odds on that. Kansas City wins it. 3.956 uh, versus a 3.878 for Philadelphia. And wouldn't you know, Tony, actually they got dragged down by two breweries. One I disagree with. I don't really know much about yards, so maybe it does suck. <laughs> but victory, victory's overall rating is three point six seven. So, <laughs> really, really depressing to think about. Um, wow. And uh, and Boulevard's is three point seven eight. So there you go. Um, that's it, Tony. There you go. That's a game. That's that, a game. Uh, was really hard to make, and we did it. That's a game. And it's that's a, a show. I like the game. I like the averaging. I, I really think it has some uses going forward. I think some more I have to data do it for 16, 16 cities, and it will take me three weeks to write the game. I like it. I think we need more data-heavy <laughs> games, that's for sure. More research, All right, that's, more data. That's what the people like to hear. You know, yeah. They like to get on and listen to uh, whatever, Pod Save America, and listen to some charts uh, or something, or uh, whatever. Yeah, I know. With, I know the most popular segment on like a Vegas comedy show is a, a segment about news that happened ten years ago. Oh yeah, and about furniture. Yeah, I, 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 boy, the, that last news segment you guys did was a real was a real party. You guys talked about how all those people died and stuff. That was amazing. Yeah, TA TAI is back on track, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nothing right, says guys. that podcast was, like human misery, right? Uh, it was uh, it was it was tough for me to get my energy together to do this on Monday, and I'm sure that was quite obvious. So, Tony, why don't you tell people as I catch my breath here um, how they could find us on the internet? Well, if you want to average our scores and average our mean <laughs> scores and find out who has the biggest score, you can do that on Untapped. And if you want to deep dive into the data, do it for us. That man is Griff Ad on Untapped. I'm St. Moz yes. on Untapped. You can send us money because we need money at kofi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. We don't need money. We want money. It's the American way. That's why you transport um, vinyl chloride. Vinyl chloride through a um, town. It's to make money. And we're all about making those sweet, sweet dollary do's. If you want to send us an email to complain, you can do that at beer engine show at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. At Beer Engine Pod. How did it feel going so early in the week? Griff, weird, isn't it? It is crazy. Uh, I didn't even drink because um, I have to, I'm saving up my drinking for the rest of the week. So uh, maybe, maybe that's why I just, um, you know, I was just working. I was just grinding today, you know, not even relaxed like I usually am after. Gotta so. get your hustle that's on. All right. Gotta get your hustle on. Gang, we'll talk to you next week when I'll be regaling you with stories. About uh, the Golden time, Knights? About the Golden Knights and hanging out with Alex Jones and all my other buddies down there in Austin. I'm inviting, inviting them to my Super Bowl party. It's going to be a killer time. You, right. Joe Rogan, Alex hey. Jones. Are you sure? Be there. Are you sure eight pounds of meat is going to be enough? <laughs> uh, that's a good point because, uh, you know what, I, I, but I don't need to buy, like, nice barbecue. I just have to go buy, like, a bunch of raw liver, right? I mean, this that should true. be... Yeah. Let's well, just go to, I'll just go over to HEB and get it. And what happens if Jordan B. Peterson is hanging out with them then? Because he's a meat-only guy. Yep, perfect. So I can just, you know, I'll get, I'll get some 
chicken livers, um, beef liver, you know, we'll load up on all that stuff. Just co- I don't have to cook it. Uh, so really not going to be a problem. Uh, I think it's going to be great. All right, guys, we'll, we'll recap it next week. See you later.